our top priorities are supporting the economic health of the community and enhancing the quality of life of our citizens and helping them to build a better life. This is episode 236 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. I'm Lisa Gonzalez. We've spoken with Will Acock, manager of Wilson, North Carolina's Greenlight Community Broadband Network in the past, to learn about how the community developed its fiber-to-the-home network. This week, Will is back again, joined by Rebecca Agner, communications and marketing for the city of Wilson, and Kelly Vick, president and CEO of the Wilson Housing Authority. Recently, the network began working with the local housing authority to provide low-cost, high-quality internet access to residents of the city's public housing. Will, Kelly, and Rebecca delve into how the partnership came about and what it means for people who are on a limited budget and living in the connected facilities. The group also touches on how Greenlight is contributing to efforts to revitalize the community, especially the downtown areas. Now here's Christopher talking with Will Acock, manager of Greenlight, Rebecca Agner, communications and marketing for the city of Wilson, and Kelly Vick, president and CEO of the Wilson Housing Authority. Welcome to another edition of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. This is Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. And today I'm talking to three folks. We're going we're gonna to try and get a little crazy here with uh, three different voices coming in, talking about what Wilson, North Carolina is doing to do, bring some great connectivity to low-income housing. And I'm going to start off uh, by introducing Will Acock, a veteran of our show, a manager at the Greenlight Community Broadband, the municipal utility. Uh, thank you, Will, for coming back on the show. Thank you, Chris, for having me again. We also have Kelly Vick, the president and CEO of the Wilson Housing Authority. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Hi, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we also have Rebecca Agner, the communications and marketing director for the city of Wilson. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. Will, I'd love to just get a quick update for you before we dive into the low-income housing uh, discussion. How is Greenlight doing? Uh, We're doing very well. Uh, We continue to grow. I think we've picked up probably a couple of hundred uh, new customers since the last time we spoke. We're closing in on the 9,000 mark, uh, so that's very exciting. And we're continuing with our expansion of our, our smart city and smart grid uh, projects. And, of course, uh, we're continuing to grow uh, by virtue of this partnership that we're here to discuss today. So lots of good things going on here in Wilson. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And uh, and I think we still don't have a solution to your situation with Pine Tops, but we are still hoping that that will be resolved soon. Is that right? Yes, we're hopeful and uh, standing by. And I'm sure we'll... Uh, have another podcast in the future, hopefully, to celebrate that. Yes, we'll have some uh, maybe uh, champagne popping corks. Um, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about um, the low-income housing. I'll bring Kelly in in a second, but uh, Will, just um, can you give me a brief outline of what you're doing? Sure. In, in essence, it's a, uh, a, a bulk contract with Wilson Housing Authority where uh, really the housing authority is our customer, um, and we are connecting – the units uh, in their various properties to our network, to the community's fiber network, in order to provide next-generation broadband access into uh, these public housing facilities. Great. Kelly, let's uh, get your perspective on it. Can you just uh, give a sense to our uh, listeners uh, what uh, what's exactly happening, maybe from the perspective of a person living in one of your units? Our public school systems, uh, starting in the sixth grade, they issue our students uh, tablets and they're expecting the students to be able to do their homework on those when they get home. Um, so I started wondering, I said, well, 
well, with our lower income folks, are they able to afford, you know, having the broadband and things like that? So um, initially, Will and I looked at uh, powering up our community centers with wireless and allowing the kids to be able to come there and use that to do their homework. But of course, the problem is our staff, you know, won't be there at night. So we still were lacking some uh, some time there. So Will and I began a discussion, you know, how can we get this to the home? How how can we make it worthwhile um, for both both parties? And um, Will was very great to collaborate with, as well as the city of Wilson. Um, it's a, a HUD has some pilot program that's called Connect Home, where they're promoting us to uh, conquer the digital divide with our lower income residents. That is kind of where it started from. Um, we were able to uh, have Secretary Castro with uh, HUD came and visited in October, and we were able to make the official announcement there. And I think it was really uh, left a good impression on the HUD staff as to what the small city of Wilson has been able to accomplish uh, with bringing this to our residents. We had several community meetings uh, letting our residents know what the plan was. Um, they were kind of maybe hesitant at first, but then all of a sudden they realized the benefits and the low cost involved. Um, the housing authority has, is providing the router for the, the home, and of course um, Greenlight is uh, providing a low cost, uh, $10 a month for our residents. So our residents, um, that seems to be a target that they can afford. Um, I think we're approaching 150 or so of our residents have already signed up yes, sir. and um, we're, we're, we're definitely looking to see some more sign up so we've got a lot of interest going on and um, yeah I'm, I'm really proud of the partnership that we're able to um, put together with the city of Wilson and Greenlight. And you mentioned uh, the Wilson's a smaller city um, you know you're about 50,000 people about how many people are in low-income housing? Um, we serve in our public housing. Uh, we have uh, right at 800 units, um, so we have about 2,000 people that we serve in our in our public housing units. Great. Well, just as uh, for some people aren't always familiar with the mechanics of local government, um, the Greenlight Utility is owned by the City of Wilson. The Housing Authority is a part of the City of Wilson. Um, and Rebecca, you are the Communications and Marketing Director for the City of Wilson. So maybe you can just give us a little perspective on um, how excited the city is for this program to be developed. Yes, we're, we're very excited about having this partnership. Um, it's, it's definitely been a very positive development in the community. Like so many other communities in across the United States, we are focused on encouraging innovation here in Wilson. Um, there's so many initiatives underway right now to figure out exactly how we can can bring that in, in more innovation um, to Wilson. And something that as we've had community discussions around it, and we're fortunate enough to be part of a statewide initiative called Innovate NC that is kind of helping bring different communities together to figure out how we can work collaboratively to encourage innovation in North Carolina. And something that has emerged as very important to us is the concept of inclusive innovation. As we've figured out what that means for Wilson, um, we, we've realized that for us that begins very early in a resident's life. So not only do we want to be inclusive in our business climate, but we also want to be inclusive to make sure that everyone has the same opportunities, has equal opportunity as they grow up. And so to have this partnership and to think that now children have access to the best technology to help them succeed academically, that's incredibly important you know, to us as we build out this kind of innovation narrative throughout the city. 
That's really wonderful. Um, and, and it sounds like it's certainly the, the right direction. I have not heard of a program that is this generous uh, around the nation for all the $10 a month programs. Uh, Will, specifically, what, what is the connectivity that you are delivering for $10 a month for folks that are uh, living in these housing units? You know, obviously fiber, uh, fiber connection and the services of 50 by 50 uh, broadband internet connection via the community's fiber network. Now, maybe you can just explain the economics a little bit. Um, I think some people might be thinking, well, you must be taking a loss on that then. How did the economics of that work out? Well, first and foremost, the network was in existence. As Kelly said, we had already built into each and every one of the various developments uh, in order to service the community centers. So we had fiber, you know, essentially buy every unit uh, there in these uh, developments. In addition, we had previously had service in many of the individual units, but over time, for various reasons, uh, and I think part of it being economic, uh, we found that a lot of customers were unable to sustain uh, the service. So, in effect, what we've been able to do is to recoup that existing investment and to drive you know, new additional revenue. So, it's actually a net con- contribution uh, back to the operation of our network uh, because we're getting active customers back on to those uh, existing fiber connections and, of course, selling some new ones as well. Uh, and the important thing is is that because we're able to work directly with the housing authority and they are our customer, you know, it sort of uh, provides benefit on both sides, both to the customer and to us, in terms of assurance and avoiding some of the things uh, that could stand in the way of digital inclusion, uh, like potentially credit and uh, and deposits and things of that nature. So this is really a win-win all the way around um, for all parties involved. And Kelly, I'd like to, to ask you to tell us a little bit more about that, how it got started. You mentioned uh, the tablets and whatnot. Did you just uh, pick up the phone and call Will and say, hey, we need to work something out here? Or how did that go about? I shared an email or two with him um, on the uh, HUD pilot program. And um, so that kind of started the discussion of how we could do that here. And then, I mean, actually, I have a, a daughter that's in sixth grade, and when she came home the first day and she had a tablet, I started thinking, I was like, well, you know, we have Internet access. We're able to do that, but how can my residents do this? I mean, I, I know we have people that might don't have a job, you know, really you know, down and out, and I just hate for their kids to suffer. And, um, of course, this is not just for the kids. I mean, we have uh, plenty of residents that are pursuing their GED, so they're able to connect with our community college. Um, and attend classes online. Um, they're also able to put job applications out, um, you know, and go online doing job searches. So it, it's not just for our students. It's it's definitely for the the whole family as we try to help folks that are, you know, a little less fortunate and try to help them on the path to prosperity. It's a little hard for me to imagine um, a, a housing authority having this kind of uh, partnership with just any um, service provider. Um, is, is, is Wilson being owned by the city? Does that change the dynamic for you? I'm sure it has, um, but just the relationships that we have with the different government agencies in Wilson um, it, it's just an impressive partnership. I mean, w- whether it be the school system, uh, the police department, uh, you know, Greenlight, um, Wilson Energy. I mean, we've been able to do a lot of things that um, really I, I know a lot of other directors aren't able to do. When I share the stories with our, our neighbors, housing authorities, and they're like, wow, I wish we could do that, but they, they just don't see a path to it. And um, so I feel very fortunate to be here in Wilson with, with all of the relationships that we've created. I, I think that is, that's just the biggest 
thing that we could have for our residents is just the uh, great intergovernmental relationships. And Chris, I'd like to add to that just a bit. You know, I think one unique difference um, for a community-owned network is, you know, our top priorities are supporting the economic health of the community and enhancing the quality of life of our citizens and helping them to build a better life. And so when locally, because we have these close relationships, we receive these calls uh, and communications like the ones that I got from Kelly, you know, we were absolutely able to figure out how to make the economics work in a beneficial way for the community's network. But we understand that our first priority is actually in, you know, helping these citizens uh, to, as, as, as Kelly said, move up the ladder. Um, so, you know, our motivations are different um, in terms of what we view as the full bottom line for success. Well, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, Rebecca, if you can give us a sense of uh, reaction both uh, within Wilson and from perhaps others outside of Wilson that are paying attention, um, how are people reacting to this program? Well, after Secretary Castro's visit, we had quite a bit of national publicity about it. And it was certainly at that event um, back in October, you could see the pride that the community had around the partnership and the fact that that. Um, people like Kelly and Will are able to work this out really for the benefit of the entire community. So it's been all positive um, from, you know, from locally. It, certainly it was a great front page story in the Wilson Times and, and has been a pride point for the community. And, and I'd say that was, was echoed statewide and, and nationally with, with the coverage and the reaction that we've seen. Um, is there any reaction in town? And I, I'm open to anyone talking, but I'm one of the things I think people sometimes fear is a bit of jealousy from um, people that you know they may have a, a low income job and they aren't not in public housing and they're you know looking at their someone else getting a, a low cost connection and thinking why can't I get that? Is there anything that's um, that is there any of that that's turned up? You know, I've not heard the other people come to me as much as I've, I've seen some private citizens say, oh, why are you giving, you know, another freebie or another handout? But then when I kind of explain the economic side, the economic benefit for Greenlight, and also the economic benefit in the future when you have these students that have a better education and have more opportunity, that hopefully you have less people in, in need of the low-income housing. So, yeah, um, I, I wish we could do it for everyone, but of course, it really only works for uh, the properties that we own. I mean, we also own a, operate a, um, our Section 8 Housing Choice Voucher Program. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to expand it to that, but the economics of it really don't work with um, having the multiple landlords and um, not being able to, to bill. So uh, all we can do is really focus on the public housing units and doing everything we can with that. And then um, hopefully... Um, the other folks that are in, you know, that already have jobs and things like that might be lower income, but um, hopefully they're going to find a way to um, benefit as well. I mean, I know we have several uh, community locations, such as the library, uh, and I'm sure Will can can let you know some of the other locations that there's already free internet access and things. And I know our downtown has it. Um, I see a number of visitors that when they get off the uh, the train, they're walking downtown and they've got their smartphone out and they're they're logged in to our downtown free Wi-Fi. So I think uh, Greenlight's really providing a lot of additional locations for folks that might not be in public housing to experience the Greenlight connection. Uh, and I will just say that, you know, we have received as Greenlight no concerns from anyone locally. Um, I think people understand the concept um, and I appreciate the good work that Kelly does in communicating about what's going on and the value of it. 
because um, I certainly think that helps with the public understanding the value of the service, but we have not seen any of that. It, it may help that uh, you're already delivering such a uh, high-quality product for a reasonable cost, something that uh, that I don't have in my um, you know area where we're served by a major cable company um, as our only real source of broadband. So I'm sure that helps. Um, one of the, the things I'm, I wanted to just ask about, and I'm not sure, Kelly or Rebecca, how long you've been in Wilson. Uh, Will, I know you've been there for quite some time. You know, when I, when I, it just seems like every year there's more good news coming out of Wilson. And I know that, that eastern North Carolina is, is pretty hard hit in terms of jobs and that sort of thing. And I just would love to have you reflect a little bit on, on how it seems to me like Greenlight is really contributing in lots of ways to making a more vibrant community in an area where you really Really don't have any other major advantages in the current economy. Well, if I can kind of kick off um, th- that response, I am new to Wilson, so I've, I've only been around this community about a year and a half. And um, the reason that I chose to join the leadership team here at the city and to relocate my family here is because I definitely saw the promise that was coming, and and there's definitely momentum um, shifting in in Wilson's direction. Um, we have we've had some great announcements in our downtown and our, our urban core that will continue to, to kind of grow. So I think it's a really exciting time to be here in Wilson. And I mentioned earlier the Innovate NC efforts and what we're doing to drive innovation here. Greenlight is the foundation of all of that. And I think more to come on that as we continue to, to get our strategic plan together around those efforts. But um, the, the, uh, the ability that small business and entrepreneurs and innovators can have to, to succeed and to thrive here with the infrastructure that's in place, you know, I really see it as the possibilities are endless. And our biggest challenge right now is getting the word out about it um, as we continue to develop our downtown area so we're, we're more attractive to entrepreneurs and people who may be starting up a business. You know, we have everything in place with the exception of maybe some available space that we're working on. But um, our, you know, my biggest challenge as a marketing director, I think, is going to be to let people know that Wilson's a great place for them to come. It's a great place for them to come and, and test any kind of technology applications that may or may not have been invented yet because we have the, the broadband and we have a business climate that um, everyone is pretty much on the same page as, as this is what our future will be. Um, so, and I don't think any of this would be possible without without green light. Uh, Will or Kelly, do you have anything you'd like to add on to that? I mean, I just I'll just say that you know it strikes me. You mentioned you may have some space constraints. I was there maybe seven or eight years ago, and there was um, old tobacco warehouses and things. And um, you know, it strikes me that that pretty soon that'll be um, museum pieces, as uh, as Wilson just has a whole new phase of life. Um, you know, you may not have asked for it, but you certainly are um, uh, making a. Uh, I think everything you can out of uh, um, the situation you've been in. Chris, I invite you back if you haven't been here for a while. The high dollar warehouse, which may be the tobacco warehouse that you're, refer- that you're referencing, um, we actually have, have just partnered with a private developer, and that property is being redeveloped into both commercial and residential space. So um, once that's ready, we'll have 90 units that are available. Of course, they all have green light access, and um, I think that, that will be coming with the leased units. Uh, but there'll be so much more opportunity for people to both live and work down in downtown Wilson. I'm a lifelong resident of Wilson, so I've really seen a big change. Um, 
I started the housing authority in 2012, but before that I was in private real estate and um, construction and property management for 20 years. So I've seen a lot of growth in Wilson, a lot of changes. And, um, you know, for a while it seemed like everybody was pushing on the outskirts of Wilson, um, looking for larger lots, things like that, larger homes. But uh, we've actually, the last few years, we've seen a, a resurgence of folks wanting to be downtown. Luckily, we have the high dollar warehouse, and we had another project that just brought some other uh, market rate apartments downtown, and uh, they leased up very quickly. Um, so we're starting to get more of a residential base downtown, which is definitely going to help bring more uh, restaurant. We have a brewery that's just opened up in downtown Wilson right by our Whirly Gig Park. Um, we're looking to have more concerts and amphitheater. So there's really been a big focus on downtown. Um, there was a lot of planning involved with that, and um, it's great to see it come to fruition. Chris, I would just add that Greenlight um, is just the latest chapter in what is a really long history of local self-reliance here in this community. Investing uh, in public infrastructure, taking the future in our own hands, as I think this partnership uh, between Kelly and the Housing Authority and us and Greenlight the City, it represents that sort of pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and figuring out things on our own. Um, you know, that's the the history of this community uh, and the ethic of this community and has been since, you know, well before my time. Um, and I think there's more to come. You know, Greenlight is the latest chapter and the current chapter, but not the last chapter. No, that's a really good point. I think you and I in a past podcast talked about the reservoir and the history of, of infrastructure decisions. And, and I always still go back to when Greenlight was established. And I just, uh, not Greenlight, but the uh, the Wilson City Utilities. And you know, I, I didn't know that there were utilities back then. I mean, that's prior to the light bulb even working, I think. It was definitely one of the most early municipal utilities I'm aware of forming. Um so there's there's definitely a wonderful history there. And, and Rebecca, I look forward to taking you up on uh, the offer to come through. Well, thank you so much for, for telling us more about this program. I, um, I hope it starts uh, an arms race of sorts between other cities that, uh, that would like to figure out ways of one-upping you. Um, 50 megabits per second, uh, symmetrical connections, $10 a month for low-income housing, making sure kids have no problems doing their homeworks at home. Uh, this is unprecedented to my knowledge at that price point. And so um, congratulations on setting such a high bar. And thank you all for telling us about it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris, and come see us. Absolutely. That was Christopher talking with Will Acock, manager of Wilson, North Carolina's Greenlight Community Broadband Network, Rebecca Agner, communications and marketing for the city of Wilson, and Kelly Vick, president and CEO of the Wilson Housing Authority. Check out our other stories on Wilson and Greenlight at muninetworks.org. We have transcripts for this and other Community Broadband Bits podcasts available at muninetworks.org slash broadbandbits. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org with your ideas for the show. Follow Chris on Twitter. His handle is at communitynets. Follow muninetworks.org stories on Twitter. The handle is at muninetworks. Subscribe to this podcast and all of the podcasts in the ILSR family on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Never miss out on our original research? You can subscribe to our monthly newsletter at ILSR.org. Thanks to Admiral Bob for the song Turbo Tornado, licensed through Creative Commons. And thanks for listening to episode 236 of the Community Broadband Bits podcast.